One final time on this Thursday in the fast lane and maybe the biggest matchup in all of college basketball, especially on the women's side, maybe even this season, one of two. Both have featured the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies as they head to Baton Rouge in a rematch of the Final Four to take on LSU. The man that is calling that game for the Virginia Tech Sports Radio Network is Mr. Evan Hughes. He joins us here in the Fastlane live from Baton Rouge. Uh, Evan, it is good to hear your voice, my friend, and uh, welcome back in. I know you're you're pumped for a for a marquee matchup. Uh, you know that that's going to be on ESPN tonight and is uh, highlighting two of the best teams in the country. Trey, great to be back with you, my friend. Hope you and Ed are doing well, as well as all of the the listeners there in the area. Great to be with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. This is one that you. You look forward to as a broadcaster. You look forward to as a player and a coach. You know, 244 days ago, Virginia Tech and LSU played a thriller in the Final Four, and Tech had a nine-point lead going in that final frame. And LSU played one of its best quarters of the season, got by the Hokies, won the national championship. And, you know, when they announced that they were going to go to the ACC-SEC Challenge, you just kind of had a feeling that it would be the Tigers and the Hokies playing in it this year. And so – uh, here we go. You know, from Baton Rouge, it's going to be a, a phenomenal atmosphere tonight. Angel Reese is back. However, LSU, they've had a lot of different rotations, and um, you know they're, they're trying to get back to full strength. They just lost Samaya Smith, one of their best players off the bench uh, due to injury. Kateri Poole's not back. And meanwhile, Virginia Tech uh, coming off of two wins in the Cayman Islands Classic. But, you know, we'll talk about it, Trey. You know, this is a Tech team that, yes, Liz Kitley's back, Georgia Amor, Kayla King's back. But they're all in new roles. You've got new transfers trying to figure out their roles in freshmen. So uh, while these two teams are two of the most talented teams in the country, this is a November basketball game where, yes, super important to, to come away with a victory tonight. But they're different teams than they were 244 days ago. And I think both are looking to um, – uh, learn more about themselves tonight and what's going to just be an awesome basketball game. Yeah, and both have lost to you know top 10 teams this year. Obviously, LSU losing that first game to Colorado. Virginia Tech losing to the Caitlin Clark Show in Iowa. Uh, but, the, you know, let, let's talk about the biggest story heading into this game, and it's obviously Angel Reese and her four-game absence. Um, you're, you're there. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about Angel Reese, who is one of the best players in the country, but did the coaching staff uh, expect her to be back for this game? Were they? I would assume they were prepping the fact that Angel Reese would be back after her four-game absence. Yeah, I, I think obviously you have to prepare for her to play. And Kim Mulkey made that clear yesterday in her media availability that Angel Reese would play. But absolutely, I, I think that you know you're, you're obviously expecting her to be there. And obviously she makes a really big difference for LSU when she's on the floor. Uh, they tweeted out their game day graphic this morning on their social media account, and it's literally just a picture of Angel Reese. So you know the crowd's going to be excited. Uh, she's going to be excited. Um, again, this is, this is one of their biggest non-conference games of the season, and it's a rematch of the Final Four. And um, So, but, you know, she's a, she's a really, really, really good basketball player. I mean, you know, 32 double-doubles last year. She was less than 10 rebounds away from pulling down the most rebounds in a single season in NCAA history. I thought Tech did a really good job on her defensively in the first three quarters of last year's Final Four, um, including uh, worth noting that Taylor Soul was in foul trouble for the majority of that first half, but that fourth quarter she really came alive. Uh, but, you know, again, 
different team, different season. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, just how, you know, the, how she looks coming off of that four-game absence. But, you know, in the, in the games that she had played in this year, she's averaging 17 and 10. Uh, I, I, so uh, I think the, even though she's coming back, though, Trey, and that is the storyline, I think actually one of the biggest stories surrounding LSU right now, and I mentioned it, is Samaya Smith tearing her ACL. And then Kateri Poole, who was a starting guard on last year's team that won the national championship, she's been coming off the bench. She's not yet returned to the team. So if you take out their starting five, which is really good, and we can talk about Haley Van Blitz transferring from Louisville if you want, Blaje Johnson, Michaela Williams, Anissa Morrow, and Angel Reese, outside of those five, you've got last year Poa, who's a reserve guard off of last year's team, and then three freshmen and a junior. Um, and those three freshmen and the juniors, they're new pieces, and they haven't played a lot. So I think you're going to see a very small bench from LSU tonight, which is going to be something to watch. Let's focus on the Hokies before we get to you know the challenges LSU on the court can provide. Uh, you, you mentioned coming off of the the win in the Cayman Islands, which that's a pretty nice vacation for you, if I have to say. Uh, but you, you get a win, one point win over Kansas, uh, a six point win over Tulane. Um, you know, maybe not the performances they expected, but wins are wins, and wins against two really good programs is probably, probably you know, a lot of building blocks heading into this game. So, sure. where where is the team coming? Like, where is the team at after this trip to to the Cayman Islands? You know, I, I think again, you see a really talented basketball team. I, I asked Kenny Brooks in our pregame conversation going into that weekend what he had learned about his team in the first two and a half weeks of the season, he said, you know, I've learned that we're a really talented basketball team, but basically, you know, we've got to figure out a way to put it all together. I, I think you're seeing um, Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor in new roles, doing different things than they did a year before. And, and, and really, um, one of them has really had a, a outstanding games, kind of like they go back and forth. I mean, Liz Kitley scoring, what, 35, 18, and five blocks against Kansas, one of the best performances of her career against Kansas. And then in game two, as Georgia Amor scored 22 of her 24 points in the second half to help Virginia Tech overcome a halftime deficit to beat Tulane. I think the, the, the big thing about this Tech team right now is, as Kenny Brooks said in the preseason, they went out in the transfer portal and they hit three home runs. And they brought in Matilda Eck, they brought in Rose Mishaw, and they brought in Olivia Samuel. And I think it's getting them caught uh, – kind of caught up to speed and everyone, maybe that's not the right wording, but just getting everyone gelling on the floor together and kind of finding that third score, which I think Tech really, if you go back to the final four last year specifically, Trey, Tech had double figures. And so who is that third and fourth score? Who's that going to be? You know, Matilda Ack, the Michigan State transfer, has shown flashes of it. Olivia Samuel scored 16 points and eight rebounds off the bench against Tulane, which is one of the headlines from the Cayman Islands Classic. And then Rose Michaud, someone who averaged 15-8 and eight last year at Minnesota, but is learning to play that four spot when last year she was the five at Minnesota. So it's just taking a little bit of time. I mean, it's, it, I think that's – listen, that, that's why you schedule tough and, and that there's a non-conference and why this is a long season. It's not going to happen overnight. It does take time. But I think to answer your question of where they're at right now, I think you know their superstars have been playing like superstars, and and now it's just kind of you know trying to get those uh, everyone figuring out their roles, how they're going to score, how's that going to look every single game. I think they're still figuring that out at that po- at this point. 
in the season. But that's okay because a lot of teams are too at this point. Is there extra importance to win this game given the fact that they had two marquee non-conference games, which was Iowa and LSU, and they already lost lost to Iowa? Or is it more of a focus of let's see where we're at right now. We're going to head into a, a very deep conference, very deep conference, and you know we we just need to be ready. You know we just need to be keep building and building and building as we head throughout the season. I mean, obviously you want to win this game, but I, you know, you don't crown a champion in November, right? And I think um, th- this is a great opportunity for Virginia Tech to see where they're where they are for uh, the freshmen that were not on last year's team, the transfers to get to experience this kind of atmosphere, you know, national television. I, I do think there are parallels to this game and what it's going to feel like in terms of the postseason down the road. But I don't think this is like a hey, we absolutely have to, you know, like you know, you know, win this game or we're not going to reach our goals type deal. I mean, again, obviously you want to win the game, um, but again, it's a long, long season. And as I said, nobody gets crowned uh, to be a champion in the month of November. But I think it's again, it, it. I think you know, playing Iowa the first week of the season, a lot's happened since that point, right? So it's another benchmark. It's another chance to see how you stack up against one of the best teams in the country, um, how your team responds playing in a very, very um, large uh, atmosphere where the, the, the majority of the fans are not rooting for you. Um, and, uh, and, and like you said, Trey, you know, he, one of the big reasons Virginia Tech became a number one seed last year is because they had so many wins against quad one opponents and top 25 teams, and that's a testament to the ACC and how deep of a conference that's going to be. So, again, I think tonight's about, you know, putting your best against LSU's best, going out there trying to win a basketball game. And, and the good news is Virginia Tech's going to be able to, to learn from this. Um, and, and um, you know, because at, at this point in the season, you're always learning, right, about your team, win or lose. And I, no matter what happens tonight, Virginia Tech's going to be a better basketball team this year because of the opportunity they have to play the Tigers tonight. Looking at LSU, you have this is a very star-studded team. You have a you know one of the best coaches in Kim Mulkey, Angel Reese, Haley Van Lift, Michaela Williams. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Haley Van Lift, Hokies have a lot of experience with her being Louisville transfer. Uh, what what kind of challenges does this LSU team kind of have that they maybe didn't see when they played them in the Final Four? Well, that's a great question there. And I asked Kenny Brooks about this on his radio show that day. I said, is this more of a similar team or a different team than what you saw in Dallas? And, and he said different. Um, obviously, I, I think last year's strength for LSU um, was Angel Reese and kind of pounding it inside, playing bully ball, drawing whistles. I think there's more firepower from the guard position this year. Number one, Flaugé Johnson returns, who is the SEC freshman of the year, you know, averaging 11 and seven right now and then you bring in Haley Van Lith who is one of the best scoring guards in the country so I think there's there's a little bit more balance um, from LSU from a scoring perspective than maybe there was last year uh, Van Lith somebody who scored 29 against Virginia Tech in the regular season a year ago but then Tech was outstanding defending her in the ACC championship game held her to 12 points she actually played extent uh, she actually uh sat a decent amount of that game uh, at parts. So I, I think that to answer your question, Trey, there's more balance. Uh, I think one player that te- Tech fans need to know about is Anissa Morrow, 
Uh, obviously, they know about Van Lith and Reese, and they'll remember Flaugier Johnson from last year. They'll get to know Michaela Williams, the freshman guard, who's averaging 17 and a half. But Anisha Morrow uh, coming over from DePaul. She had 53 double-doubles in her 66 careers, uh, career games at DePaul, and she's coming off of an outstanding game against Virginia, 37 points, 16 rebounds. She's another scoring threat. And I kind of look at Reese, Van Lith, and Morrow as that uh, the three that can really score it and, and are high-volume scorers. But, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, Trey, there's not a deep bench here for LSU uh, because of its roster right now with Poole not returning and Smith being out. So there's a lot of pressure on that starting five to deliver. And if they were to get into foul trouble, um, you know that, that would be a really tough thing for Kim Mulkey's squad uh, to overcome. Looking at the the Virginia Tech side, Liz Kitley uh, obviously is is Liz Kitley. Georgia Amar feels like she's taken a, a step up. Where where do you want to see that third kind? Of, could it does it need to be Kayla King? Does it need to be someone else? Is there kind of that? Who who do you expect to be kind of that? You know, third person to emerge in, in this game. Great question. I think, number one, Tech needs Kayla King. And you look at even as recently as the two-lane game on Saturday, she really came alive in the second half, knocked down a couple of transition threes. Uh, there was a stat last year, Trey, and, and I don't have it in front of me, but I believe Virginia Tech was 12-0 and or 13-0 and when four players scored 10 points or more. And the only time they lost was to LSU last year. Uh, when Kayla, Translation, when Kayla King scored in double digits, Statistically, really good things happen to Virginia Tech on the floor. You know, she's a senior. She's been in these moments before. So I think, and I think more so than the scoring from Kayla King Trey, she is this team's best on-ball defender. And you go back to the Iowa game a couple of weeks ago. She picked up two fouls in the first four minutes, and it was Carly Wenzel who came off the bench and really kept Virginia Tech in the game in the first half. They need Kayla King on the floor. Her staying out of foul trouble is going to be very important tonight for Virginia Tech. But to go back to your question, who could be that third score? I think it's King. And I think the other one, um, Matilda X, somebody who has shown the capabilities of score in double figures, um, struggled a little bit offensively in the Cayman Islands Classic, but a 39% three-point shooter in her career at Michigan State. You know, she gets open looks, and if, you know, Georgia starts to knock down the three ball or Kayla King, it opens her up. I think she's someone who has the ability to score double figures. And then we'll see if Olivia Sumiel can put back-to-back games uh, together. If she can produce like she did against Tulane with 16 and 8 off the bench, that would be huge. But I'm thinking if, you know, some combination of King, Act, Samuel, if those three right there can score anywhere from 7 to 14 points each, that's going to be really important for Tech tonight. All right, before I let you go and ask you where, where uh, fans can listen to you uh, with this game, I, I need a wellness check on your Jets. Obviously, big day <laughs> yesterday. Aaron Rodgers back at practice. Are you, are you like, praying to Santa Claus that he shows up Christmas Eve, or are you, are you kind of like, let's just wait till next year? My heart says I want him back. My head says this offensive line said like 14 different starters on it this year. I would prefer for him not to get hurt. Um, so I will say that answer there. Uh, I actually have not seen a lot of the Jets since the uh, season started here for Virginia Tech, which has been a good thing uh, for me. But uh, I hope he comes back uh, healthy next year, of course. And, then, yeah, secondly, thanks, Trey. Yeah, tip-off is going to get underway at 9 o'clock Eastern Our uh, pre-game coverage begins at 8.40. The best way to listen, no matter where you are around the world, 
is by downloading the free Hokie Sports app. Virginia Tech LSU rematch of the Final Four. Hope you can join us tonight on the Virginia Tech Sports Network. Evan, buddy, at Evan K. Hughes on Twitter, X, whatever the crap you want to call it. I, I give up on trying. Thanks so much, man, for, for joining me today while I uh, fill in for Ed. Thanks so much for having me. Give my best to Ed. All the best to your listeners as well. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, uh, uh, thanks, Trey. You're the best, my man. That will do it for today in the Fast Lane. Uh, thanks so much to Evan. Thanks so much to Tom. Uh, thanks so much to Ty for joining me here during the day. Uh, we'll have Ed back in the Fast Lane tomorrow. We'll get votes of confidence for conference championship weekend, including Liberty in the CUSA championship against New Mexico State. Thank you so much for listening to the Fast Lane right here on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg.